Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, when COVID-19 first emerged, researchers thought that it was most likely passed through coughing or sneezing or droplets, right? Mm. Uh, that results in our coughing and sneezing. However, a COVID-19 study recently proved that there may be more to this. And that's a new study from the National University of Singapore. It's revealed that COVID-19 can be transmitted by simple activities, Tim, hmm. such as talking, singing, or even breathing. Yeah, what got me about this was the singing part. Let's uh, delve deeper into this now and speak to the Straits Times journalist Cheryl Tan, who is joining us on the line to share more about this report. Uh, Cheryl, we have suspected that the COVID-19 virus could be transmitted through singing based on several COVID-19 mm. clusters that were developed here in Singapore. So this study, how much light does it shed? Hi, Tim. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. So yes, we do know that singing could transmit the coronavirus, given that one of the largest clusters last year at Safa Jurong, for example, was due to singing at a Chinese New Year dinner and performance. Hmm. But as one of the experts had said, previous studies established the amount of droplets produced through talking and singing, but none of them actually measured the amount of virus particles that each activity can transmit. So this is useful because it provides kind of a baseline for how scientists can determine the risk of transmission for each activity. Okay. So Cheryl, what more did we learn about the science behind how viral particles are produced? So when we're actually looking at aerosols, there are two Mm -hmm. types of aerosols that are produced. So we have the fine aerosols, which Mm -hmm. tend to be smaller than 5 micrometers in size, okay. and the coarse ones, yeah, and these are larger. So the study found that it was actually the fine aerosols that generated from talking and singing that contained more viral particles than the coarse aerosols. Ooh, the that's... coarse aerosols are from? They're from singing and talking as well. Mm. So, so these activities usually generate both, like we have the big, the big ones and the small ones. Okay, so it's not from coughing that produces the larger, coarser ones. There's always a mixture of both, is that right? Yes, correct. So, Cheryl, how did uh, the team at NUS come up with this conclusion? How, how did they conduct the study? So, actually, what they did was they studied 22 COVID-19 patients who mm-hmm. were hospitalized at the National Center for Infectious Diseases. Okay. And each of them were asked to breathe, speak, and sing into this special mm. piece of equipment, yeah. And this equipment collected their respirator- respiratory particles. So then from there, they measured the viral loads in each of these particles using a PCR test. Cheryl, do we know if the researchers are planning to do more studies? Yes. So actually now, they're going to look at trying to establish the infectiousness of these airborne mm-hmm. aerosols. And they're also looking to use the same methods to determine if the aerosol viral load is actually higher with new variants like the Delta variant. Hmm, that's very interesting. Okay, given this new findings, and how will this impact mm. our day-to-day lives? I mean, are we supposed to avoid con- well, not close contact, but talking to each other closer than uh, what we're used to? I think in terms of existing measures, so things like mask wearing and social distancing, Mm -hmm. the study reinforces the importance of this. But maybe in indoor environments, especially when there's very bad 
ventilation, we can look at how we could improve this. So, for example, maybe we can have more efficient air cleaning technologies. Okay. Okay, but beyond more efficient air cleaning technologies, you mentioned masks there as well. So what steps can we take to prevent transmission? Is there a need for more reinforcement or more controlled measures to prevent these smaller particles? I think for this, um, in terms, it depends a lot on the situation that we're in. So, for example, maybe if we're going to a live performance or like a choir, we could think of how we could change the settings such, mm. that, it's such that, you know, we take into account the, this method of transmission. So, for example, more safe distancing between singers and even air curtains to avert and filter the airflow from the performers to the audience. Because, you know, when you think about the singers, mm-hmm. performers, even speakers on stage or even us here on radio uh, right now, just just for our listeners' benefit, we are sitting more than a meter away mm-hmm. from each other, Rachel and I. But when we talk into the mic or sing into the mic, we are projecting our voices, right? So uh, there is a risk there of breathing out more of these particles that you're talking about. Yes, definitely. So I think when it comes to talking as well, mm. we can also look at things like seating and furniture configuration so we we can examine the airflow in a room so where your particles are the direction of your particles so that we can ensure that you know we put we we put people in a position where you where you don't have you know the particles directly reaching out to the audience for example so it's altering air movement Mm. maybe using fans that could help this so including the airflow of the room should be taken into account. I'm pretty sure we will hear more about this study that you uh, that the NUS has conducted. Uh, Cheryl, thank you very much for sharing. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.